Welcome, everyone, to Let's Go Up, podcast edition, where we explore the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. If you're trying to find out more about us, the easiest way is to head on over to our website, letsgoup.us. And there you'll find all kinds of interesting things, Let's Go Up related, like links to our social media, our YouTube channel. There's blogs on there, bios, and also a link to our Let's Go Up listening page where you can download us on your favorite podcast player. That's awesome. Sounds super easy, Dean. It sounds way too easy, <laughs> and it is easy. So let's go up dot us. Let's go up dot us. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you letting us into your space today and giving us your time. So, Caritas, today I have show and tell. Ooh. Ah. Ooh. <laughs> From Iceland. Oh. Yes. Very nice. Very nice. I have some questions to ask you about Iceland. Uh-oh. To get us started. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> Is this a multiple choice? No, not a mu- <laughs> not multiple choice. Three years ago, I was on a connecting flight to Europe, and I stopped in Iceland. I was only in the airport. But there were these, okay, security guards, okay, stationed at random places in the airport. Airport's yeah. pretty small in yeah. Reykjavik. Yeah. And they were the most impressively built, tall, just cut human beings I've ever seen in my life. It's because, you know, genetically, only the strongest survived on this oh, okay. island of lava in the middle of the Atlantic. <laughs> and also the women, like even if they were behind a coffee bar, mm-hmm. tall Cut, fit. Mm -hmm. If you complain about their coffee, the cup just crushes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. No pain. (laughs) No pain. (laughs) Anyway, it's definitely on my bucket list of places to go, but I did pick up something. I don't think that anybody could put Iceland in a bag, but somebody tried. Does that say Iceland in a bag? Iceland in a bag. A little bag there. Wow. So in here... I noticed three things, and I wanted to know if you have any memories of these Is this a little book? It's a little book, and it's full of pictures. Okay. Yeah, and Mm write-ups. The first thing I noticed is there's so many pictures of the most beautiful waterfalls. Iceland is a a land of waterfalls, is it? A lot of waterfalls, yeah. So you can go chase all your waterfall dreams, Dean. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And then the second thing I noticed was all the pictures of northern lights. Do you have any memories of northern lights? I there? do not, but oh. my cousins have been posting a lot this year, particularly of okay. a lot of Northern Lights. I don't know if there's more activity or if it's just. Yeah, I hear that. I hear there's been a lot of activity in the sun, mm. and that there's been some impressive Northern Lights yeah. even here. Well, I know they do Northern Lights tours. I know a woman oh, who really? went um, specifically to Iceland last winter on a Northern Lights tour. But, but that's very risky because you you can't have cloud cover. Right. <laughs> and it's winter in Iceland, so there's lots of cloud cover. So unfortunately, in the week she was there, it was cloudy. So, so she no didn't northern get to lights. see any northern lights. No, but she got to experience all those powerful security guards and okay. the buff baristas <laughs> <laughs> on the little airport base that looks like a moon base landing there with all the... yeah. If you just have a layover in Iceland, it doesn't look that impressive because that just kind of chunk of lava they stuck the airport on there. Right. But you drive out of there a little bit, you know, and then you kind of head into more of what that book is. 
showing there. This book goes around the whole island uh, in a tour. The third thing I wanted to ask you about is this. There are a ton of pictures in this book with houses and cottages that have grass on the roof. Oh, yeah. yeah that's did you ever live in a house with grass on the roof? I did not, but I did live in a haunted house. A is haunted that, house. Is that okay? <laughs> it qualifies. <laughs> Apparently. I th- I'm pretty sure if I remember the story correctly, my mom, when she went to Iceland and married my dad, some people got mad at my dad for buying her a haunted house. Why would you, why would you move her into a haunted house? And she just thought it was ridiculous until one night, all the lights just slowly dimmed off in the house. Like, power doesn't go out like that. And then she looks out and the whole town's still lit up, but they're half. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> not good. <laughs> She's not a superstitious person. Maybe a little stitious, but... <laughs> a little stitious, not superstitious? Oh, uh, yeah. No, is I there, never Is there lived... a button for that here? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> Uh, no, but I never lived in a grass grass cover. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of pictures. There there are at least a couple dozen pictures in this book with houses with grass roofs, I and I wondered if it's a thing. More of the like heritage homes are, were built oh, like okay. that, I think. But they're all over the place. It was very uh, interesting. I remember like tin roofs, like you know, really sturdy roofs. Yeah. Lot, yeah, for the weather. Iceland in a bag. <laughs> Apparently, it fits in a bag. <laughs> there you go. We're that amazing, okay? We can fit even in a teeny tiny bag. In a tiny bag. Despite being such huge, ginormous people. <laughs> definitely a place that I want to go spend more time someday. Yeah, definitely. Some of the strongest people in the world come from Iceland, I hear. Yeah, my husband wanted this shirt. He had seen someone wear that said, I prayed to God for, for strength and courage, so he sent me an Icelandic wife. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, we're going to jump in today to our topic. Alrighty. Today's episode is called The Bliss of Union. Oh, I like that. The Bliss of Union. Yeah. Mm. So we're going to continue on talking about John 17. In fact, I think we'll probably finish that off today. All right. Some of my favorite verses in the Bible today. Awesome. Five of my favorite. They're on the tops of my list right here. Nice. Yeah. I think we can start by reading a few of them and then we can just dive in and talk about them. That's a good plan, Dean. (laughs) Solid plan. (laughs) So starting in verse 20, I do not ask on behalf of these alone, and there Jesus is talking about his disciples, but for those also who believe in me through their word. So now Jesus is talking about us. So nothing in this section could we say that was just for the disciples. Mm -hmm. And Jesus starts talking about union here. That they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me, that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me, and I in you. So the Father is in Jesus, Jesus is in the Father, and that they also may be in us. So now we're in the Father, and we're in Jesus. And in the very next verse, Jesus says, I in them. So now Jesus is in us. Everybody oh. is... This just keeps getting better. This just keeps getting... <laughs> More <stranger>. entwined. And <laughs> Everything is entwined. What did you describe it as before? Some like triangle almost of arrows connecting or... Yeah, I see this. a visual here. Uh, yeah, I'll try to 
do a good visual for those who are just listening. And for those of you who are watching. You have to listen because he has no board or paper. I have no, I have no whiteboard here. But I see the Father, I see Jesus, and then I see us in a triangle. And these verses are quite literally saying that there is an arrow going both directions between all points of the triangle. The Father is in Jesus. Jesus is in the Father. We are in Jesus. We're in the Father. Jesus is in us. The Father is in us. The entire fullness of God dwells in us, it says in Ephesians. Mm -hmm. So this word in, I looked it up today because I was interested to see what it meant. And it means as if you're operating from within something. So Jesus is saying, I and the Father so I'm operating as if I'm in the Father, mm. the Father in me. So the Father is operating as if he's in Jesus. So we're operating as if we're in the Father and we're in Jesus. And then what blows my mind about this is Jesus says, I in them. So Jesus is operating as if he's in us. <laughs> Are you guys confused yet? <laughs> That's amazing. This gospel sounds a lot more than like a survival kit guide or something to get us through. Definitely some, some more. Situation. This sounds a lot more. It's a more than a survival kit guide. Yeah. Wow. This is talking about union. A lot of people that I've heard talk about these verses talk about it in the context of the body of Christ being one. But Jesus is not even talking about that here. He's talking about union. He's talking about operating as if we're within one or the other, back and forth, all lines crossed, all lines blurred. I believe that this is where the phrase in Christ started, mm. right here. Yeah, because that, that's mentioned a lot. In Christ? The, yeah. In Christ is in the New Testament dozens, if not hundreds of times. I've not done a count. Come on, Dean. You haven't done a count yet? No, I haven't. <laughs> yet? <laughs> Dozens, if not hundreds of you times. You definitely couldn't fit it in a mini bag. <laughs> Too many times to go in a mini bag. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Jesus is talking about that here. He's talking about us being in him and him being in us. He being in the Father and the Father being in him. And that union that Jesus and the Father shared was so crazy special. And now he's inviting us into that same union with the fullness of the Godhead. That's incredible. I feel like if you could just get one thing out of this out of this gospel, that would be enough to sit in for a very, very long time. <laughs> I feel like these verses right here describe the new creation life. Mm, the kainos life. The kainos life. Wow. They describe the relationship that we are meant to have with God, taking us back to the intended bliss of union that we oh, had in the garden. Yes. Talk about Mysterion. Mysterion? Wow. Wow. Yeah, because you could meditate on that and rest in that for a very long time, yeah. and it would never get old. You would never get bored. There would be so much could reveal through that. Mm -hmm. It's a mystery. We've just come through Easter weekend. Jesus spoke these things right before he went to the cross. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about something. Oftentimes when we view the cross in our mind's eye, let's say, or our heart, we view us standing and looking at the cross. Yeah. But I actually don't know if that's the way that it was because we were crucified with Christ. Mm -hmm. We were buried with him and then we were raised with him. 
So this past weekend, what I was thinking about was Romans Jesus. Six. <laughs> Jesus was carrying us in his heart the whole time. Oh, yes. So rather than looking at the cross from the ground up, mm-hmm. we're looking at the cross from the cross down through his eyes, through his heart. Yeah, I believe what Jesus was asking the Father for is he was asking the Father to place his bride in his heart in union at that moment, and he carried her through the entire experience of the cross. We died with him. We were buried with him. He carried us the whole way through. And then when he raised from the dead, we were raised with him again. And now we are in him. We are in Christ. Wow. And that union can never be broken. That's such a comforting and safe place to be. Mm-hmm. Always with him. Always in his heart. Always he carries us. We're in him. We're in Christ. Mm-hmm. Hmm. United in union with him. And he did it all for us while we were yet sinners before we had even received him as our Lord and Savior. Yeah, that reminds me of what you were saying last week about words and speaking words of destiny over people. Like mm-hmm. Jesus, he never lost sight of who we could be with him inside of us and us in him, of who we were created to be. He never lost sight of that even while we were... I'm bordering on a mic drop moment. <laughs> Not quite. Borderline. <laughs> Not quite yet. <laughs> it's a fine line between super awesome and just awesome. <laughs> But yeah, he saw what we would be in the newness of life as new creations. He saw the new nature. He saw our destiny. Yeah, the intended design. Intended design. Love that. We were there with him. He carried us and we see through his eyes because we are in him. Wow. That is crazy. But it's in here. So it, it is. I'm assuming it's, it must be. <laughs> how, about, how about this phrase? Even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. I always thought that the world would believe that Jesus was sent through some kind of an evangelistic sermon, but Mm -hmm. here it's saying that the world will be so blown away by the grace of union that's on us with the Father and with Jesus that they will believe that Jesus was sent by the Father. Yeah, because it's so unusual. So unusual, yeah. It's not a normal person when you... Meet someone who's in that space, mm-hmm. Father. What they like, carry. Who are you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've been asked that. Like, who are you? What? <laughs> who are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> so the Father is in Jesus. Jesus is mm-hmm. in the Father. We are in them. It mm-hmm. says, The glory which you have given me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. And then Jesus says again, so that the world may know that you sent me. This is a crazy statement. And love them in the same way that you have loved me. Wow. So this verse talks about Jesus giving us glory so that we could be united with him. So our sharing in his glory creates an environment for us to be in a place of union with him. Hmm. Christ in us is the hope of glory. So right there. (laughs) Mysterion. Yeah, I feel like the longer we stay in this chapter, the more Mysterion will come across. Like this is the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven here, right? That aren't just plainly revealed, but are there for us to discover. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I find so exciting about this relationship with our father is he wants us to discover this stuff. 
Yeah. You know, even from the beginning with those two trees, you know how Satan's temptation, well, if you eat from this, God just knows you'll know what he knows. Mm -hmm. But he always intended for us, I believe, to discover what he knows and how he sees. Of course he did. You know, and... But he wanted to show it to us in the context of union. Yes, yes. In the tree of life. Yeah. Rather than us eating directly yep. from that tree of knowledge mm -hmm. so that we would know stuff. Yep. Bam. Bam. <laughs> Not mic drop, just bam. <laughs> just bam. Okay. <laughs> so if you do want to interpret this verse in the way that the body of Christ would be one, you could make a pretty convincing argument for something pretty crazy here. Let me read it in that context. Sure. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them so that they may be one just as we are one. Mm -hmm. So evidently, glory unites people or could unite mm. rather than trying to get on the same mental space or trying to... The theological Theological debates. debates spend time in the glory with somebody. Oh, mm-hmm. It's a unifying factor. Yeah. It draws people together. You want to take a group of people and... Bring them into a place where they're united. Get them to worship together. Oh, yeah. Get them to spend some time in the glory of God together, and it will erase all that other stuff. Yeah. It just fades away. Yeah. Everything that seemed to matter so much, you know? <laughs> all the arguments that seem to matter so much. Mm -hmm. Because when we're in the glory of God together with other believers, what it does is it creates an affection in our heart for one another, a godly affection. Yeah, it's his love, hey, overflowing. Yeah, his love overflows, and it brings our hearts together. Mm -hmm. And that happens naturally in the glory of God. <laughs> can it be that simple? Yes. <laughs> yes, it can. And once again, Jesus ends by saying that the world may know that you sent me. The union that we carry between us and the Father and Jesus is supposed to be so remarkable and so significant that when the world looks on, they notice something's different. And what it does in their hearts is it awakens their heart to the realization that the Father did send Jesus to the world to save them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there's no human explanation for it. No, otherwise that, there isn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, This phrase, that the Father loved them even as you have loved me. The love of the Father over us is the same love that he loved Jesus with. That's a thought that's almost too much to comprehend, but it's true. Yeah. He's not kidding. I'm going to read on here because there's still more to go. This next section of verses is what inspired me on my seeing journey. Father, I desire that they also, who you have given me, would be with me where I am so that they may see my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the earth. So this is crazy. Jesus prays that we could be with him where he is, which is eternity or heaven, so that we could see his glory. He wants us to go there. He so, wants us to go up. Let's go up. <laughs> we are going up right now. Are we, are we doing this? We are. Okay, Dean, carry on. <laughs> Jesus prays that we could be with him where he is. There's another section of verses in John 16 where he talks about, in a little while you won't see me, and then in a little while you will see me. Yeah. And the disciples were confused by that. Mm -hmm. But Jesus clarifies. He says, in a little while you won't see me. But in a little while you will see me. And in that day, you won't have to come to me anymore. You can go directly to the Father and ask him for anything you want. Hmm. So Jesus is not talking about the time after he was resurrected when the disciples 
saw him. He's talking about the day that we're in now where we can go directly to the Father. Wow, Dean. (laughs) So this specific verse, it did a lot in you, hey? This verse ignited some things in my heart that led me to the place where I am. It started my seeing journey. Yeah. Like, well, there was a question specifically that you had asked when you read these. Anytime that I had heard people talk about these verses, they would always say, well, that's figurative. And so I asked Jesus, I said, Jesus, were you talking figurative here? Or is there a literal aspect to this? Mm. And if there is, I want to know about it. I want to know what it is. Can you lead me in that direction? And the moment that I did that, all over the Bible, I started finding seeing verses. Mm. And they were there all along, but I didn't notice them because I thought they were all figurative. Yeah, you weren't seeking. I wasn't seeking for them. Seek and you will find, you know? Yeah. Wow. It's It's like this exploration or pioneering into areas that we haven't stepped into before and being adventurous enough to go there with the Father. What you're saying really reminds me um, when Jesus is talking in Matthew 5, where he says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That question that you asked him was coming from such purity, like there wasn't selfishness in it or any other kind of motive, but just to know him. Mm-hmm. And it was just so pure and innocent, like a child. And Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That one plus a bunch of other ones. A verse like when Jesus said to Nicodemus, unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. The seeing eye and the hearing ear, the Lord has made them both. Jesus talked in the book of Revelation, the church of Laodicea was the church that couldn't see. And he counseled them to ask him for ISAF. And so I started asking for that ISAF. I had no idea what it was, but I started asking for it. Yeah that he would put it on my eyes and that he would open up my eyes mm-hmm. to see. That's what brought me forward into this uh, into this world. Reminds me of that. You start seeing, like there isn't fear in what you're looking at. It's just this pure vision mm-hmm. of what he's seeing. Like A lot of times I hear people talk about the seeing realm. Some believe that it's available for us to enter into now. Some don't, mm-hmm. okay? But if they do believe in it, what oftentimes they'll say is that's for a certain type of person with a prophetic personality. Mm. That's for the seers or that's for a person who has that gift. But you got to understand, I didn't have any kind of a gift. I was completely blind. I didn't know that it existed. (laughs) I only had a desire in my heart to see. We would sing songs at church like, open the eyes of my heart, Lord, I want to see you. And I would sit there and go, are we just singing words here or are we serious? Those kind of thoughts kept coming to me. So It sort of reminds me of um, when he talks about in the Word about the gifts that some people have more naturally, but then he says, but eagerly seek, you know. um, He actually says, eagerly seek the prophetic. Yeah, so yes, yes, you can have these gifts in your life and you see it on some people, like they just are naturally like gifted with certain things, but eagerly seek the other things Mm -hmm. doesn't mean it's off limits. (laughs) Exactly. I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't feel like I'm a natural seer. But you see. (laughs) But I do. I've learned. There are people that I know that see into eternity so naturally Mm -hmm. that it makes me jealous. (laughs) It's like those people that can just do math. (laughs) (laughs) I don't see that naturally, but I have learned that it's for everybody. And I guess the biggest reactions I've gotten from people over the years is when I make a statement like, I believe it's for everybody. Yes, you too can see. Mm. Some people get very angry when I say that. I actually do believe it's for everybody. Mm. 
because I know what I went through to get there. I know what brought me there. Mm -hmm. And I know that anybody that seeks will find if they search with all of their heart. Yeah, I I just don't ever want to limit what God wants to do Mm -hmm. in my life. And I don't ever want to limit what the the full measure of what Christ did looks like on a life, like Mm -hmm. a life lived in the fullness of what he accomplished. Like, I don't ever want to limit how amazing and profound and free and life-changing that is. Mm -hmm. He talks about thriving in all the newness of life. Like, that just sounds like a life that sees and hears and isn't confused or conflicted or, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't ever want to limit that. There's a verse, Cretus, that I'm thinking about, and I don't know if I could find it right off the top of my head. Seek, Dean, seek. You will find. (laughs) It says somewhere that the children of Israel didn't enter into the promised land right away because they put limits on God. Mm. They limited the Holy One. That's Mm. the way the phrase is. I never want to limit the Holy One when it comes to my life. Mm. And look how easy it was for that one example you gave. Holy Spirit. If this is literal, I want to know. If it's literal, I want to know. Like, all right. <laughs> yep. Wow. And Jesus was like, okay then. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Back when this happened to me, I'm going to say it was 15 years ago. Nobody was talking about this at that time. Hmm. Tell us about what the journey looked like for you. The journey looked like me sitting with my Bible on a couch waiting hmm. for something to happen. <laughs> Yeah, I remember you once saying that worship was an essential element for you to be able to see God. Yeah, I started taking my guitar into a quiet room and worshiping sometimes for hours at a time. When I did that, I would start to see flashes of things, not very much at first. It was enough for me to say that I think my eyes were just open to something there, Mm. and it would only be for a second or two. And then what I would also do, I would give time to just rest in His presence I remember one time sitting there quietly and I saw a door in front of me and it reminded me of that verse in Revelation where it said, I saw a door standing open in heaven. Mm. So I was like, oh, a door. That's interesting. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Mm. I wonder if I'm onto something here. (laughs) And then it went away. Mm -hmm. And the next day I saw it again. I saw it for two or three days in a row. Just in your time. Yeah, in in my quiet time, I saw this door. The thought came to me, I wonder if I can open the door. So the next time I saw it, I walked up to it and I tried to open it. I'm glad you did that because I have sta- I, I remember standing in a hallway with a group of students thinking the door's locked because you just assumed the first few people tried the door, but they didn't. And it was unlocked the whole 20 minutes first time. Always worth a testing t- the door first. <laughs> it's always worth a shot. <laughs> That's what it was like with me. I wonder what this thing is like. Mm -hmm. I couldn't open it because it was locked. But then I saw the door again and I decided to go explore again. So this time there was a key on the floor. I found the key. I put it into the lock and I turned it. Yeah. And it was like, click. Satisfying. And then the next day I went to the door and I tried opening the handle and then it opened. Mm -hmm. But I could only get it open a crack. And that's the way it went for me. Hmm. very, very slowly. The next time I opened the door a little bit further and I saw like a ray of light beam coming out of the crack of the door that was so bright that I had to adjust my eyes to it just to look at it. Eventually I learned to open the door and the thought came to me, I wonder if I could actually walk through this door (laughs) bit by bit. That's how it was. 
So I decided I'm going to just try to walk through it and see what happens. You rebel. <laughs> so I went and I walked through it. And the moment wow. I did, there was this whole world there. And I believe what actually wow. happened is I actually walked through the door from the seeing realm into the unseen realm. And that unseen realm is the realm of eternity. And it operates in a completely different light source than our, hmm. than our world operates on. Our world yeah. operates on the light source of the sun. That world operates on the light source of the face of God. Because wow, yeah. the face of God lights up eternity and lights up heaven. I had to get used to the light. Yeah, That was the big thing. The light was so different for me. Hmm. So do you think that's part of the gradual opening of the door? Why God just didn't allow it to just open wide to you right away? Yeah, I think that's hmm. why it took so much time. And the thing that I really had to get used to was the light. Hmm. The different kind of light. I find that encouraging experience you had because... I feel like it's so easy sometimes. You go in your secret space and your quiet space with God, and it can feel like, well, stuff's happening with other people. Why am I not seeing anything? Why is mm -hmm. not, you know? And just to hear, like, God has a reason. If you keep coming, He knows when to reveal it. He knows what you can handle and what you need. Yeah. I do know somebody that prayed for years for God to show them heaven. They had that desire in their heart, and they didn't see anything. And they got very discouraged and almost very cynical about it. In the end, they felt like it wasn't theologically correct to ask. And that's why they didn't see. But my experience was when I first started asking, I didn't see either. But this is the key. You will see what you love. And also the statement I heard just a little while ago, if you love something long enough, it will eventually give up its secrets. Whoa, Dean. Mic drop. I poor Mike. <laughs> so this isn't about so much asking. It's about loving. You enter through love. That's the biggest key that I could tell anybody who's on this journey. It's about what you love. If you love eternity, if you love heaven, if you love your father, and if you want to see because you want to see his love, because you want to encounter his love, yeah. it's all about love. Mm -hmm. Take your experience and take everything that you're doing and all the desire and move it over into the realm of love. Mm. And I believe that you will have a breakthrough wow. in your seeing. Wow. Because seeing comes from a heart of wonder, and the wonder comes from a heart of love. Wow. It's all about love. That's what opened it up for me. Once I realized that it was about love, mm -hmm. the whole thing opened up to me. You'll see what you love. That's incredible. That's so encouraging. And so it went on from there. <laughs> it's a whole other podcast worth of wonder and entertainment. <laughs> so good. Never tired of this. <laughs> yeah. So let's go up. Yeah. Wow. Is a real thing. It's a thing. Yeah. And this is where your life here will look so radically different because you will be there. Your perspective will shift from down here to looking up there to being there and looking down here because yes. you're experiencing it and in it and and every aspect of your life without having to strive or try or, you know, work for just effortlessly aligns. It all effortlessly aligns when you love. Mm -hmm. And also when you love, there's a lot of accountability in that. Love is the great equalizer. It puts you in a safe place. It takes all of the striving out of it and it takes all the self-seeking out of it. Mm -hmm. It takes all the wrong motives out of it. And it puts you in this safe place where you can just enter it by rest and experience and encounter it in the timing of the Father, 
his love and the love that you have joins together and it creates this place where you live an encountered lifestyle. You live a love-encountered life. That's where Jesus lived. Mm -hmm. Jesus lived that way. That's how he did what he did. Mm -hmm. That's how he went where he went. That's how he heard the Father. That's how he saw the Father. How can you see what the Father is doing if you can't see the Father? How can you hear what Mm -hmm. the Father is saying if you can't put your ear up to him and hear him? Yeah. Jesus was constantly going up. Yeah. And John, his disciple, that one little line where he says he was resting his head on Mm. the chest of Jesus. Like he always called himself the disciple that Jesus loved. Yeah. And he was the one who even his positioning on Jesus was close enough to hear his heartbeat. Like that's where he chose to sit and rest. When they were resting, he could hear his heartbeat. So is it any wonder then that John, the one who put his head on Jesus' chest, the one that Jesus loved, the one that loved Jesus, was the one that was given the revelation of revelation in heaven, who was taken up, who was shown all of the things and wrote an entire, the last book of the Bible. All the things that you couldn't technically see before, right? Mm -hmm. Like what no eye has seen, here he's seeing. (laughs) John is seeing it, and I can tell you why he saw it, because he was the disciple that Jesus loved. Mm -hmm. And he knew it. He knew it. Knew it enough to just say it. Yep. It all comes from love. Love opens the door. This is all about ascending into heavenly places and being encountered by the glory of Jesus. I could talk about this for hours. (laughs) But we don't have hours. (laughs) We only have a few minutes left. But we have more podcast episodes. Thankfully. (laughs) Yeah. Thankfully. (laughs) As many as we want. So this next verse is the end of the knowing sandwich of John 17, verse 25. O righteous Father, although the world has not known you, yet I have known you, and these have known you, and they've known that you sent me, and I have made your name known to them, and I will make it known, so that the love with which you loved me may be in them. And the very last statement Jesus says once again, and I in them. This verse declares that the same love that the Father has for Jesus is in us. When the voice came from heaven that said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased, we need to hear that over us today. Mm. You are his beloved daughter and he is well pleased with you. And you are his beloved Son and he is well pleased with you. That is so crazy. (laughs) Mm. Why is it so hard for us to hear that? We've spent too many years hearing the wrong voice. We've been refathered born again. Mm -hmm. And now we need to start listening to our real father. He speaks words of destiny. He speaks words of love. He's always speaking words of life over us. Mm -hmm. And he's the only one. He truly sees us. He sees what he created. And would he create something imperfect and unworthy and unlovable? Would he create something like that? He created these beloved children in his image and his likeness. How do you view your children? There's, there's this way of seeing, like any parent can relate. You see your children and it's, it's not what, what they do that makes them who they are. Okay, that's interesting. It's not what they say. It's not their bad day or their bad behavior. You see them mm-hmm. and you see their potential and you see who they can be. You know, they can come home from school and have had all this negative stuff spoken over them by or bullied. You've experienced that. Mm, yeah. But a parent will never see you that way because they see you. I remember somebody saying that phrase to me one time. 
I see you. Mm. I see you is a profound statement because if I see you, then what I'm doing is I'm seeing the potential that God has put in you and I am in a position where I'm going to call that forth and call it out of you. Mm-hmm. I've had people see me before where I felt like they actually see me. And then I've had a lot of other people that just used me. They knew that I could do stuff. They knew that I could do good things for them, mm-hmm. but they actually didn't see me. But there's a difference in seeing what somebody can do and seeing them, yep. seeing their heart, seeing as Jesus sees. That's a profound thing. Very important even in a mentoring situation mm-hmm. where you're surrounded by people that you might be pouring into, not just to look at them by what they can do well or you know their aptitudes, but see them, mm-hmm. see their heart. Yeah, and that their value isn't tied to any of those things, mm-hmm. right? We yeah. tend to think our value is tied to all sorts of behaviors or skills or experiences in life, but it's like incomprehensible. How valuable would something have to be for me to purchase it with my own son's blood? Here's a question. How did Jesus ever see the value in his bride, a bride that wasn't even a bride yet? scattered between Old Testament saints and New Testament saints, scattered between heaven and earth, all over the place. Jesus sees his bride in that. He sees the potential in her to be the most beautiful prize of eternity for him. And he sees it as such a value that he pays for it with his own blood, carries her in his heart Mm -hmm. on the cross. Yeah, I'd heard it said, is it um, in Isaiah where he says he was marred beyond any other man? Mm Mm-hmm. He was made unrecognizable yeah. because we were unrecognizable from who God created us to be. Like this, this human nature, well, it's just human nature. Well, you know, these, these things that we've normalized over our identity and our life and our thinking and our mindsets and our behaviors, it's so unrecognizable to who God actually created us to be. Mm-hmm. So Jesus had to be, he became so unrecognizable so that we could be brought back to the image of who we were created for, how God sees us in union with him. And it's crazy that in this prayer that Jesus prayed, he prayed for all of that. He lifted his eyes to heaven and he prayed for his bride. He prayed that she would be united with him, that she would know the love of the Father, which is the same love that the Father had for him. This prayer of Jesus in the Bible, some people call it the high priestly prayer, but I see it as one of these central pieces of scripture that describes what is possible in the new creation life. It has such a far reach. It talks about union. It talks about heaven. It talks about glory. It talks about knowing. And Jesus asks the Father for them. And I don't know that there's a prayer anywhere that Jesus asked the Father for that the Father didn't answer (laughs) him with a big yes. Yeah. So... Yes all we can say amen. To, all we can say to that is yes and amen. Yes. <laughs> and amen means so be it. So be it. If oh. Jesus prayed it, I'm going for it. Sounds like a pretty good place to go <laughs> where he's going. Yep. Mm-hmm. So know that you're loved mm-hmm. and love hard. Pursue love above all things. Love opens doors. Love never fails. Never fails. So that's where we're going to leave it today, Caritas. Where we're gonna leave it? We have to. We always have to leave it somewhere. <laughs> it's hard to say goodbye. You know what? Every episode that we do, it's getting harder to pick that place where we say, <laughs> "Okay, let's just cut this off here somewhere." This is the problem with stepping into the endless realms of glory. Of is- Mysterion. 
<laughs> it keeps going and going. There's yes. no end. Okay, so if you are watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe because it does make a huge difference. And also, if you're listening on your favorite podcast player, make sure to subscribe because then every time we do a new podcast, it'll come directly to your feed. Mm. Hope you have an awesome week. Yeah. Can hardly wait till next time. Yep. See you next time. Bye.